You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey here for Federated Insurance. Federated's corporate culture is grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. These four cornerstones create the foundation that supports all interactions and decision-making. Business owners are the backbone of our economy, creating jobs and employing hundreds of thousands of our fellow citizens. Federated Insurance exists to serve the evolving risk management and insurance needs of safety and loss-conscious business owners. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome into Mackie and Judd on this Thursday before the new year without Phil. Phil off today taking a well-deserved breather. I believe he told us he was going to see um, Kenny G last night. I got some photos and videos from a late night Macadac last night with Kenny G playing right in front of him and the misses. Oh my God, that's very yeah. frightening. So anyway, the show today, Mackie and Judd is Judd, it's Declan, and we're joined by our scoop master, Darren Dookie Wilson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News anchor extraordinaire of late as well. Dukes, uh, welcome back. We we certainly had what I would consider to be a juicy and somewhat reckless speculation Tuesday, and this is officially reckless speculation Thursday. So we got to try to top it now. We got to try to top this, and we're going to start with the Vikings. What can you tell us about um, the status, starting with Garrett Bradbury, who I saw did not practice again yesterday? And, and I think that the note that you sent me, and I forget how much we talked about this publicly, but you sent me a note a couple of weeks ago to check on the status of Bradbury because it sounded like it was far worse than what the Vikings were were putting out there or saying. I think you have been, or your sources have been proven to be absolutely correct. Yes. Good morning, Judd. Hello, Declan. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago, Judd. I asked you to check on something that was brought to my attention tension to check on you know you and I swap messages of this kind all the time and it was to the effect of hey check on the possibility that Garrett Bradbury will not be back this year now two days ago I told you I was not in a position to say that he won't play against Green Bay like when we spoke at this point now nine days ago leading into the Giants game there was a lot of question marks, right? Like I tried to, uh, I tried to allude to the idea that that Bradbury playing against the Giants probably wasn't going to be in play. I wasn't in that position two days ago, but now that we know that he was a DNP in practice on Wednesday, it certainly is trending in that direction. That Austin Schlotman would start yet again a fourth consecutive game at center. I'm not in a position to say that Bradbury is done entirely for the year. I still need to gather more information on that front. I've had a number of his teammates tell me really, really tough guy. And so, you know, if it's a pain threshold thing, you know, continuing to get treatment, you know, there might be a way for him to get back in there at some point. So I'm not ready to sit here and tell you like Bradbury is done. Hey, let's look forward to March when he's an unrestricted free agent. 
Will yeah. the Vikings resign him? No, I'm not in that position this morning to to say that. But yeah, I mean, cause for concern. When they were in full pads on Wednesday, they went full pads. You know, they absolutely wanted him out there. Trust me, and he wasn't able to get out there. So that just tells you how much pain that he's been dealing with. So we'll continue to monitor that situation. But when you're not, you know, out there on Wednesday in full pads, now if he's able to be limited today, maybe that would skew some things in the direction of having a possibility, maybe a questionable type designation for Sunday. But the fact he wasn't out there on Wednesday when they were in full pads, Mm -hmm. definitely a cause for concern. Feeling like the next time that we might see him, Dukes, might be the playoffs. Like with with the way, with what you heard, with I guess the subsequent car accident in which he wasn't hurt, but it it did aggravate the problem, I think, after the Colts game. Um, In putting the pieces together, this feels like, and it's probably the smart play, this feels like they're trying to be cautious because if nothing else, they would definitely like him back for a playoff game, which almost certainly, barring a miracle, is going to be a first-round game with with no bye because we're now at a point where only the top seed gets a bye. Yeah, I mean, I think Philadelphia wins this weekend. They beat New Orleans at home, so Philadelphia secures that one seed. But I suppose as we sit here right now, that one seed is still out there. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles – will be the one. So we're looking at the Vikings playing either Saturday, January 14th, Sunday, January 15th, or there is one playoff game Monday night, January 16th. Here we go. So the Vikings <laughs> will play one of those three days in all likelihood. Yeah, it's hard for me to see Bradbury out there on January 8th on that crap surface in Chicago at Soldier yeah. Field. By the way, Judd, like if I had told you on August 30th or September 7th, Yep, that we would be sitting here on December 29th talking about the significance of losing Garrett Bradbury. Like you would have, you would have laughed at me, right? You would have been like, "What? I would have how the heck are yes. you talking about?" Yeah, he's been really, really good. He has positioned himself to to hit a nice little payday come March. Dukes, I know we're not a uh, Packers scoops daily, but I did see the Vikings hex continuing on opposing quarterbacks because uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I believe, did not practice with a knee injury for the Packers on Wednesday. Now, I would imagine with their season on the line, come hell and high water, 12 will probably be out there for Green Bay. But it is kind of amazing watching all these Vikings uh, teams play either backup QBs or throwing these weird hexes on starting quarterbacks. But I have to imagine from what Rob Domofsky and other people are saying who are plugged into the Packers, it will still be probably Aaron Rodgers going under center for the Packers on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Declan, I would be shocked, right? I mean, the fact that he's overcome the thumb issue, some other ailments, right? Like Aaron Rodgers is going to play on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, I fully expect the Vikings, put it this way, the Vikings. I was in the locker room for a bit on Wednesday. Trust me, the Vikings are fully expecting to see Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, I think Aaron will be out there. The Packers remain, what, three-and-a-half-point favorites as of this morning. So, certainly the odds makers are anticipating Aaron Rodgers playing on Sunday. The the intriguing one from uh, the Packers' injury report standpoint, guys, is this one, Christian Watson, hip DNP practice on Wednesday. And that's intriguing because while he did drop the first pass of the season from his quarterback on what what would have been a certain touchdown and really might have changed the fortunes of this entire year, for the Vikings, uh, if he can't go, he, he's improved a lot, and he has played well. Uh, that's a speedster that you don't have to be concerned about. So I, I would say that that could be a crucial miss if he can't play, because uh, that would make life 
on the secondary, it wouldn't make it simple, but it would definitely make it easier than it is if a full-strength Christian Watson is playing. Yes, my friends in Fargo tell me a lot of good things about him from his time at North Dakota State. You're right, he has gotten significantly better as the year has gone on. I wonder about Bakhtiari. Is there a chance the Packers get their left tackle back on Sunday? We know Gary is out for the year. That's a significant injury for the Packers. Certainly Stokes as well at cornerback. So, I mean, they've they've had to deal with the injury bug like many teams. I mean, that's an understated storyline with the Vikings this year, Judd. How durable they have been. Every team inevitably is going to suffer an injury or two, right? The Vikings miss Garrett Bradbury right now. They missed Christian Derisaw for multiple games. Yep. They missed Dalvin Tomlinson for multiple games. They lost a game in Detroit. Harrison Smith didn't play, right? So you are going to lose guys. But comparatively speaking, pretty much across the league, the Vikings have been as durable as just about any team. Which brings us to uh, probably the most underappreciated Viking storyline, not just in, in town here. I think I think it might be appreciated here, but nationally it's not at all. And that's the quarterback. Kirk Cousins, I believe at this point in time, has been hit more than any other quarterback in the league. This is a year, again, and this happens all the time, where you've had a ton of starting quarterbacks miss time for various ailments, injury, blah, blah, blah. Um I really think the one thing that Kirk doesn't get recognized nationally in- enough for is, if I'm not mistaken, he's missed like a grand total of one snap in Washington because he had to because he went down and, and was, I think, basically had the wind knocked out of him. But the point being is, in this era, it's a really remarkable story that Kirk Cousins does not miss time. And that's one thing that goes back as well. So that th- this is not a 2022 thing, Dukes. This is a career-long thing of this guy, and he's not a small, frail guy, but he's certainly not huge, that he does not miss time, and he takes a absolute pounding. I think that's super impressive. I think it's very impressive. I think back to the Washington game, that pass to Justin Jefferson. Was yep. it Jonathan Allen? Or maybe it was Payne. It was one of those really good Washington interior defensive linemen just coming right up the gut, right? Slamming him to the turf yet. He stays strong. He delivers the pass, gives Jefferson a chance to make a play. I believe the Vikings were down 10 at that moment. So that was a key play, one of their many double-digit comebacks this year. We can cite other examples as well. The game in London, the deep pass to Jefferson, I believe. Cousins took a vicious hit right in that moment. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I'll tell you this much, Judd. Unprompted, talking with Eric Kendricks in the locker room on Wednesday, Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press came up. It looked like Chris was working on, you know, the story about Cousins, eight fourth quarter comebacks, tying an NFL record. Matthew Stafford, 2016, also had eight. We can debate whether that's a quarterback stat or not. But Thomason was asking guys, so he hopped in. You know, I mean, that's how it works in the locker room. It's not like you really get all these one-on-one exclusive type interviews. Guys, you know, other reporters can hop in whenever they want. So, you know, fine, no problem. Chris hops in, and he threw Eric a question about the eight fourth-quarter comebacks. And so it was a question where, you know, you're expecting Eric to say, yeah, he's made this throw, that throw. We value his leadership. Eric turned the corner with what you just said, that nationally, even locally to some extent, he doesn't get the credit he deserves for being as tough 
as he is. So that's the way that Eric Kendricks, a teammate, a captain, chose to answer that question about Cousins. Dukes, I saw your colleague Alec Osmus had some video of Irv Smith returning to the practice field uh, yesterday for the Vikings after going on IR. Now, he's cleared to practice. I believe he won't. He has not been cleared for game duty yet, but he is cleared for practice. Uh, I've kind of personally moved off of the fact of the idea of Irv Smith being a a big downfield threat or a big threat in this offense for the Vikings. But I will say uh, I feel a lot better about a possibility of TJ Hawkinson and Irv Smith in a wild card round offense than I do with TJ Hawkinson and Johnny Munt. Yeah, and we saw, now maybe you have the numbers, one of you two more than I do, but I feel like against the Giants, we saw Munt and Hawkinson in the game together more than we've seen the previous few weeks. I don't know if it was nine snaps, 12 snaps. I think you're right. Whatever it was, but the two tight end set, we saw that more against the Giants than pretty much we've seen at any point the entire year. Now, Declan, I'm with you, right? I mean, Irv Smith has never lived up to the second round draft pick type expectations. He's going to be elsewhere next year, right? Like we can foresee that the Vikings are not re-signing him. He's an unrestricted free agent. He'll be elsewhere, but I'm with you, right? Like give me that possibility. Irv with TJ compared to Johnny with TJ. Kevin O'Connell certainly has thought about that. He brought that up Wednesday during his, media session so yeah it's trending in that direction I think yeah I think it's more likely it's the weekend of January 14th certainly not this weekend or that crap turf in Chicago the following week by the way do we even know yet I hate this do we even know yet if that game is on Saturday January 7th or Sunday January 8th that I thought Bears it was game I thought it was locked in um let me yeah, see I thought no was, it's but, TBD uh like come on NFL <laughs> Like, what are we doing? Why, it's the last week, why man. are we they, waiting? I TV, know. TV, but, they don't care yeah, about we you. We won't know until, me. what, Monday or Sunday night. I That's imagine a- it's Sunday the 8th, not Saturday the 7th, but I don't even know how many games they're flexing to Saturday the 7th. But just in terms of trying to plan some stuff out that weekend, boys <laughs> playing in some youth basketball tournaments. It's just, Roger Goodell don't care life. about your kids. Yeah, I know, I know. I know this is very selfish of me to say, but just from a planning standpoint, just very, very frustrating that we don't know when that game will be in Chicago, whether it will be Saturday the 7th or Sunday the 8th. But yeah, I mean, you're not going to put Irv out there with the bum knee on that turf. Like, I can't imagine. Maybe for a few snaps, something like that. But, you know, nothing significant. But I think it's more likely if, right? I mean, it's a 21-day window, so they don't have to do anything for a handful of days, right? But if yeah. it happens, we're looking more at, yeah, that first wild card weekend. To be clear, according to the schedule, it is a Sunday. It's locked in on Sunday with no time yet. So it's well, a Sunday. they are flexing. Correct Sunday me if I'm wrong game. on this, because our photojournalist is trying to book some travel, trying to figure out whether he should go in Friday night or Saturday night. Now, it's helpful that there are flights on the hour. Yeah, right. I'd go in Friday and party on. Well, and he might do that. Yeah, on he was Saturday. thinking about his wife, and so yeah, yeah, I'd go in on Friday. Just tell yeah, him, just go that. in on Friday. Come down, baby. But yeah, we were under the impression that the NFL is moving some games to Saturday the seventh. Maybe it's worth a quick mm. Google. You know, maybe I'm talking out of turn, but that some games are moving to the seventh, just like the weekend of December seventeenth. For a while, it was TBD, right? Now, there were only five games that were in play to be moved to Saturday, so three of the five got moved. 
the Vikings Colts game was one of those three that got moved. So some people might have looked at the schedule and said, okay, the Vikings were supposed to play on Sunday, December 18th. Well, no, they ended up playing on Saturday, December 17th. So I know the NFL is planning, at least I believe. Declan, again, maybe you can look it up quickly, but that there are going to be some games on Saturday, January 7th, and we won't know those games until either late Sunday night or sometime Monday. I'm going to guess here that Cam Dantzler, who is, I, I saw uh, c- coming back from the ankle problem, which he, which to your point on Tuesday, he's never looked. Uh, I don't back know from- why they activated him for that Detroit game. I know from a personnel standpoint, you know, they didn't really fully know at that moment what they had in Duke Shelley. I mean, Duke's right. been great. Colts game, Giants game. But heading into that Lions game the weekend of December 11th, there were still some question marks about Duke Shelley. It just it felt like they they rushed that situation. Like I don't think Cam was ever ready to play on December 11th. And Cam's back at practice now, but I'm going to guess that that at least for the game against the Packers, that Duke has won that that job, and that Dancer is going to back him up. I saw that O'Connell was asked about it yesterday, and skirted the question a little bit. Um, but I got to think right now that with the way that Duke is playing, that Dantzler is going to going to get some more time. Uh, probably be active for the game, but probably not uh, not start for sure. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, you know, number 20, Duke Shelley, has been phenomenal. Now, I spoke with Duke in the locker room on Wednesday. And, yeah, I mean, he's planning as if he's going to start on Sunday. But he said, hey, I won't find out officially until later in the week. But, yeah, I mean, we could see a situation like, you know, Brian Asamoa comes in for Jordan Hicks, right, or Eric Kendricks. Although Kendricks got mad a little bit, I just brought up, the idea of, hey, are you comfortable taking a series or two off with this plan of Kevin O'Connell? And he snapped back at me and said, hey, I missed practice time last week. So he was alluding to the idea of, hey, if I didn't miss practice time last week, I wasn't coming out. But, like, I remember Kendrick's missing some practice time during the Zimmer era. Not like Zim was taking him off the field, right? So he has yeah, missed practice he, time before, a nerve. then played in full on Sunday. So to me, it looks like this plan, right? And Harrison Smith has told me that, that he doesn't necessarily agree with it, but he understands it. He's not going to fight Kevin on it, but you know, Harrison doesn't want to come out, but the idea of Josh Metellus coming in for Harrison Smith for a series or two to give Harrison, you know, 10 to 12 snaps off. Well, same idea linebacker, maybe more so at Hicks. I get that. It's not, you know, more so at Kendricks. It's more so at Hicks, but we may see Kendricks on the sideline for a series or two. Certainly if the Vikings are in a position where they're the number two seed locked in that game in Chicago. Yes. I think we'll see Eric Kendricks on the sideline plenty, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think it could be a situation where maybe cam gets a series or two. Yes. Active, you know, maybe contributing a little bit on special teams just to, you know, get his legs underneath him. But yeah, I fully anticipate seeing Duke Shelley plenty on the field on Sunday. Bonus scoop on Tuesday, my, my man. You came on the show and dropped some wolves bombs, some some uh, things behind the scenes, some reckless speculation. It was fantastic. Since then, they've lost two more games. They lost to the Heat, and then uh, they, they lost on Wednesday night to the Pelicans. Um, and and let's let's start with where you uh, took us from the end of the Heat game, which was Gobert didn't play. Like Gobert, who's the you know you you mortgaged your future for. Couldn't even get on the court at the end of that game. Wednesday against the Pelicans, I believe he had like 10 points again. And and again, was not really a factor or what was expected here. 
Um, when does this begin to turn? Like, when does this begin to, uh, you know, sort itself out um, as far as what not just his role is, but I mean, a consistent production? Because we've seen him go through spurts where he's played better. And I think we all think, OK, now it's sort of fixed. Uh, but now we've seen steps back and Cat's not there. So it's not a cat problem. Well, I mean, it sounds like Judd in this back and forth, it has turned with you. Now, I will say, so yeah, we spoke on Tuesday. They played in Miami on Monday night. So we had the Miami game to review on Tuesday. So now we're speaking here on Thursday morning. We have the New Orleans game to review from Wednesday night. Gobert was significantly better on Wednesday night in New Orleans, Judd. Now, some dumb fouls, but four blocked shots. Finally, Rudy, you're blocking some shots. Thank you. Some of the passes he made, some of the finishes he had, he was way more active, way more engaged. That was a good Rudy Gobert game on Wednesday night. I was very encouraged considering what we saw Monday in Miami. You're right. I mean, he was benched. There's no other way to spin it. He was benched for the final few minutes of that competitive game, that close game that was there for the taking. But sure, like, The trade has been a disaster. There's no other way to spin that. Right now, I still say the final chapter hasn't been written. But, like, as we sit here on Thursday morning, Judd, they are over a game out of the play-in. Right? They need to win a couple games, have some others lose some games just to be the 10 seed. They're not even the 10 seed right now. We are darn close to the halfway point of the season, which I get. A lot of things can happen with over a half of the season left. But I don't think anybody in their wildest imagination could have foreseen it going like this through the first 36 games. And the injuries stink, but hey, guess what? You don't think New Orleans last night would have loved to have Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones? I mean, on a nightly basis, teams are missing guys. Now, I get it. The yep. Wolves are missing four guys that would be in their rotation. But, hey, New Orleans was missing two starters last night. The Wolves were missing one starter in Cat, right? Kyle Anderson off the bench, Jordan McLaughlin off the bench, Torian Prince off the bench. Towns is still, at best, several weeks away. On Jordan McLaughlin, Chris Finch said pregame on Wednesday, he'll be reevaluated in a week. My hunch, maybe it fits the reckless speculation Thursday theme, whatever, but my hunch is we are not going to see Jordan McLaughlin for a while you know who misses Jordan McLaughlin a lot Rudy Gobert you know Rudy also misses Kyle Anderson he's just he's better with those two guys on the floor so I can defend Rudy to some extent Mm -hmm. but like we said it in the moment in the summer Judd like it was the easiest yes ever for Danny Ainge of the Jazz like he didn't need to think twice even though he really wanted Jada McDaniels Jada McDaniels by the way last night was off the charts good I love that kid love his game One night he's guarding Steph Curry. The next night he's trying to guard Zion Williamson. He weighs 100 pounds less than Zion Williamson. And he tried. Like, he wasn't embarrassed by Zion. Now, Zion went off in the fourth quarter, right? Scoring 14 consecutive points at one point. 33 of his 43 came in the second half. But Jaden, especially in the first half, was not, you know, embarrassing himself trying to guard Zion Williamson. But, yeah, I mean, the Gobert trade has... It's been a disaster. It just has. And so, yeah, I mean, it was more reckless speculation. Although this is fact. I can just tell you from multiple sources reporting 
Chicago and Toronto had trade interest in Gobert in the summer. The Wolves clearly trumped whatever those teams were willing to offer Utah. Gobert ultimately ends up here. But the Bulls and Raptors, two teams going south this Mm -hmm. year. Two teams that a lot of people are asking questions about in the Eastern Conference. So I merely tossed out, hey, you know, if you're Tim, would you be proactive to McConnelly and call up Chicago, call up Toronto, just to gauge whether there still is interest? Tim is not doing that. I was opining about that. That was not any sort of reporting. I'm glad the aggregators didn't jump on that because it is nothing that I'm reporting. Tim Connolly is not in a position where he is calling up teams asking them if they have trade interest in Rudy Gobert. I merely tossed it out as a talker because I knew that those two teams had some interest in the summer. Dukes, I saw a lot of uh, still moral victories for the Wolves last night because it was a hard-fought game against Pels with with Zion coming back, having a monster game. I guess there's two ways to kind of look at this. Yes, they're a game out of the plan. They're also three games out of the sixth seed, which Sacramento currently occupies. So they're they're obviously not buried here it's, it's not like the, the the like to your point the final chapter has not been written but if they don't start stringing together some type of wins here soon all of a sudden the the gap between the 11 and 6 seeds going to be so gigantic that the play is going to be their only saving grace to even get into the playoffs for a team that had aspirations of being a an above play-in basketball team this year Declan pull up the schedule for the next three weeks if you can look at that schedule these games that cat for sure is going to miss. You can't convince me. I said this on Tuesday. I'll continue to say it. You can't convince me that the Wolves are better off without Cat. They need Cat on the floor. Cat is going to miss several more weeks. If you look at the schedule for the next three weeks, where exactly is that string of wins coming? (laughs) All right, so Detroit is here this weekend. Okay, you can win that game. But you're in Milwaukee on Friday night. Don't know if Chris Middleton will play or not, but... That's clearly a tricky game on Friday. My guy Ryan Saunders, the Denver Nuggets, will be here on Monday. That will be a tricky game. Just look at the schedule into January. Find me where they are stringing together, you know, four consecutive wins or wins in eight of ten games. Do you have the schedule there, Declan? Can you read the schedule for the next three weeks? Yeah, so after the Nuggets are here on January 2nd, to your point, they are home against the Trailblazers on Wednesday. They are home against the Clippers uh, that following Friday. They then go on the road at Houston. That's a winnable game. Uh, At Detroit uh, on Wednesday, iffy game. Home against Phoenix, iffy game. Home against the Cavs, iffy game. Home against the Jazz, hopefully should win. Uh, and then closing out the month at Denver against uh, home against Toronto, home against Houston, road against Houston. So between, I would say, now and January 19th, you are playing some of the best of the best in the NBA. Well, yeah, and you should win at Detroit, right? You should win the two Detroit games. Yeah. Yeah. You should win the three Houston games. But my point still stands. Like, maybe they can string together three consecutive wins, but where are the four or five consecutive wins? Where is the run of eight out of ten? Nine out of 12, it's just it's hard to see it with that schedule the next few weeks. Now, Kyle Anderson hopefully is back by Friday. They certainly miss him, you know, but that back, like we've seen it, like they thought he'd be back last night. Back spasms, incredibly tricky, right? So that could be something that that ails him for a while here, but he should be back. Torian Prince, I'm telling you, they thought he'd be back already. So 
there's cause for concern there, but my sense is he's closer than the other two guys. You know, I would like to see this full roster at some point sustain over the course of many, many games, see what they can do. But unfortunately, that's just not going to happen anytime soon. By the way, when's the last time the Wolves won a game with Rudy Gobert in the lineup? So they lost on Monday. They lost on Wednesday. He missed some games that they won, so they won without him. Yeah, before he when's hurt. When's the last time? Somebody looked that up. When's the last the time ankle. the Wolves won a game? Yeah, it's been a while. He and Kyle were playing. That That's when they had a chemistry, and I think that might be the last time. But but here's the problem, too, is like we're now going through a schedule trying to find cream puff teams for them to beat. This was never supposed to be about that. This was supposed to be about going head-to-head with the best of the best and having a chance. You're going to go play the Bucks. You know what? Bringing the Bucks on. This team's good. So, like, this whole conversation is really pathetic because we are literally trying to find the cream puffs that they can beat. And this team was built to win 50-plus games and make a playoff run as a team that could contend against, if not everyone in the league, just about damn near, right? So, like, think about think about how we're backing into this now, too. And I know Cat's out, but, Dukes, to your point, guys get, get hurt. And you got Gobert in part because of that. You know, if Cat couldn't play, Gobert can play. So, it really, I mean, it has taken a a wolves 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 like turn as far as where we thought we would be, and probably with how this team has operated in the past. Shame on us! I guess we shouldn't be shocked, but it is uh, it's disheartening for basketball fans. Well, incredibly disheartening. I thought they would go over the Vegas preseason over under total of forty eight and a half wins. I thought they would get to fifty. I thought they'd be fifty and thirty two. No chance they're getting to 50 wins. I'm not even sure there's a chance they get to the 46 wins that they won last year. The preseason goal was top four in the Western Conference, was home court advantage in the first round. Even though, Declan, as you said, they're, what, three games out of sixth? So what are they out of fourth? Four games, five games, it's still pretty tight. Like, too many teams to jump. Like, no, not with that schedule, with the injuries, just the way they've been playing, lack of effort, like on Monday. Like, we see that too often. They're not jumping up that high. I mean, they may very well be in the play-in again. How disappointing would that be? I'll continue to say, as long as D'Angelo Russell is playing as much as he's playing, has the ball as often as he does. Now, Anthony Edwards has been brilliant. He's truly the lead guard. But when D'Angelo is playing the minutes he's playing, and he's made shots at a far better clip the last few weeks than he had earlier in the season. So from a shot-making standpoint, he's been fine. But, like, I think about, to me, the most troubling play last night, well, there were many. Like, I don't know how Austin Rivers was called for that foul on C.J. McCollum kicking his leg out. At one point, Zion nailed Gobert in the face. It wasn't called. But the most troubling play to me was something I put on my on my Twitter. Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press tweeted the video. I just I retweeted him. It was worth seeing that – Marshall takes a shot with, what, seven, eight, nine seconds left. Long rebound. D'Angelo Russell made zero effort to block out his guy. If he does, he might have been able to secure that rebound. What happens, New Orleans gets the offensive rebound, ends up getting to the free throw line, right? Like, come on, D'Angelo. He had that turnover, too, you know, in the second half where Zion might have gotten away with, you know, some physicality, a little elbow there, but Zion ends up down on the other end 
with a dunk. There's just there's too many of those plays on a per game basis, right? So I still wonder. And hey, it's a fair conversation to have because if Tim Connolly wanted to extend D'Angelo Russell, he would have by now. So who is this team's point guard next year? That is a fair conversation to have. Where, where does Ant f- factor in to that? Well, I mean, Ant has to be the. I know he's not a point guard. Yeah, well, right. yeah, he's not. But a point I mean, where guard, does Ant? Yeah, I mean, Ant has been phenomenal. Some of those finishes at the rim last night. Ant still yes. needs to work on his shot selection to some extent, but some of those finishes. He had one where he went reverse. That dunk he had, I mean, mm-hmm. Ant was so good. I just hate when he settles for those long two-point shots. But when he attacks the rim, he has been phenomenal. I hope he ends up in the All-Star game. He absolutely deserves to be in the All-Star game this season. He, for this team truly to have like an elite chance to me, he needs to be the clear-cut alpha. Hopefully when Cat comes back, Cat can accept that, that this needs to be Ant's team, not anybody else's team. You and Phil, man. You and Phil. Cat ain't Cat ain't accepting that. It well, it'd be yeah, nice I get if it. you're right, but he Eight ain't accepting in, that. That is who he is. I understand. Exactly. I, I do. Exactly I right. It. Hey, last thing. Who who won our lunch uh from the Vikings Giants game? Well, you know what? I didn't see the numbers. Good question. I should know, right? Here's the problem, Jeff. I make far too many lunch bets. I made a lunch right. bet with a guy last night who thinks Chris Finch is going to be fired before the all-star break. I don't foresee that because I don't think Glenn Taylor's eating the money. On yep. Chris Finch's contract, no Glenn is there. still the yep. majority owner. Now, maybe it happens yep. in the spring after the season. And I get it. At some point, you keep playing like this. There has to be some sort of fall guy, right? Something needs to take place. So I'm not yep. dismissing the notion of a Chris Finch firing at some point. But, like, sometime in the next four or five weeks, that would absolutely surprise me based on the extension he signed in the spring. But I make so many dang bets, Judd. I can't yep. keep track of them all. So... I think I won. I don't think. Okay, and where would that lunch be? Where, where do I have to take you? That's the most important point right well, now. I where? Mean, we'll go somewhere in your hood. I have no problem with that. We don't live that far from each other, but I'll come your way. We have about, to go to the Park Tavern. That's exactly right. That's exactly, and that's what I keep saying. Sports Dad Sports Bar. Like, I am more than happy to pay you or to buy you lunch, but it's got to be in my neck of the the woods. And that is Park Tavern, SLP. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, if you're looking to put together a group party or something like that, guess what? Park Tavern again. If you're uh, going to watch the game and sit at the bar, big bar, or go bowling, Park Tavern. Uh, Parktavern.net. Book your group there or call them, 952-929-6810. Parktavern.net. Perhaps you will see Dukes and I enjoying a beer, enjoying lunch, and and me paying for it and because it's my friends at park tavern i am more than happy to pay you Dookie. good spot on saturday night new year's eve all sorts of bowling options yep. entertainment options the college football semifinals mm-hmm. hey the wolves pistons game so yeah i mean a lot to watch a lot to do at park tavern on on saturday night for new year's eve great stuff dukes thank you very much all right boys take it easy happy, happy new, year. new year okay same see to you ya. By the way, Judd, you can also uh, you can watch or listen to some of St. Thomas women's basketball versus South Dakota, either obviously okay. right here on 1500 AM Score North, or you can go uh, get some tickets when they uh, host South Dakota as well on Thursday night. Plenty of options for St. Thomas uh, women's hoops, men's hoops, the men's hockey team as well. Enrico Blase, the former uh, Miami, Ohio yeah. coach from uh, back in the end, my NCHC days, one of the best quotes around uh, for college hockey guys. Uh, plenty of options at St. Thomas. Go to TommySports.com. 
to book all sorts of tickets or catch the action, of course, right here on 1500 AM ESPN or on Score North, wherever you get uh, get, get your signal. Uh, that's it for us here, I think, Judd, on Mackie and Judd with these scoops. No Phil today. No Phil. Yeah, he sent me uh, a Kenny G video. He just said, dude. And it was, you know, because it's specific time. It was like midnight my time. I get a buzz on my phone. Yeah, Usually I get an evening Judd. I was I like, get it. I, I, got a, I got a video notification. I thought, is Judd sending me an evening Judd yeah, at, at no. 12 a.m.? No, no, it was Phil with Kenny G as close as I am to the microphone playing his little saxophone. Um, and then not to turn this completely into a Kenny G episode, this now spun me down into a wormhole, Judd. Do you know Kenny G is one of the best uh, golfers of non-professionals in the world. He was a plus 0.5 oh. handicap at one point and has won two different pro-ams in his career. Kenny G? Kenny G. I had no, I didn't even know he golfed, much the, less was a great golfer. The ringer did a big post on him last That's year. Awesome. He can drive the ball 225 yards. Judd, he weighs less than me. I was going to say, weighs, with that frame, he's yes. a... He's a tiny dude. He weighs less than me, so that gives me hope. I can maybe hit some missiles. Well, you know what that means, Dex. That means that 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 the golf swing has nothing to do with weight. It doesn't have to. It has to do with the fundamentals, and it has to do. See, like you got a chance. I need Pete Mackey. Pete Mackey, give me some mechanics here. You know, we'll we'll see. Oh, you don't want Pete Mackey. No, I don't. You want Wes Johnson. You don't want Pete Mackey. He looks like he's scared to go to the mound. Anyway, okay. So we are back. Um, we are back on on. Sunday though post game Packers Vikes vent line taking your your thoughts hopefully it's a win and hopefully the Packers are basically done then uh but uh yes we will be still active as we always are I right, hit the subscribe weekends. button daily Minnesota sports entertainment and on purple daily we'll be back this week hi this is Chris Howard host of plug door Chris Howard University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players, that is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother. We don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.